Hey everybody, this is Chris here to catch the best my friend Lisa No One Knows. Hello. We've got our other friend here, Jeannie G, the genie in a bottle. Hey you guys. And today, uh, considering it is October, we are trying to keep it a little darker. So it is my topic today, and I have chosen folklore and urban legends. And we're doing something a little different this time. We all three brought something to the table. This is not a group topic. This is still my topic. But uh, this is how I chose to structure it. So uh, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun, very interesting, entertaining, and y'all will enjoy. So uh, that being said, just like with any other topic, uh, we do what research we do, and then the rest is just based off of our personal opinions. And uh, I hope y'all enjoy it. Lisa? Yeah, uh, with this pod, we'd love to create a conversation with you um, as we go along. Uh, we have a couple ways you can do that. Um, there's a link at the other, at end of the episode now where you can uh, – submit a voice message on Anchor. Um, you can also do that through our email address if you don't feel like downloading Anchor. And that's this, that, and the other, lcj at gmail.com. We'd be happy to listen to your voice notes, your text notes, um, or just text, just text, and um, contribute to next week's conversation or any of our previous conversations. Uh, Jeannie G? Yeah, so yeah, just tell your friends and family, your colleagues, your coworkers, just spread the word that this is a great podcast. And I always like to say, I mean, this is very compelling for me. It's uh, thought provoking, compelling, and uh, it gets us out of that daily routine of, Oh, you know what, what we're doing every day, working and going home, making coffee, eating. And it, it brings us back to like this place of being able to deeply think about where we are at. So please let your friends and family know it's it's a fun podcast and uh, we have really interesting topics every week. So we'd love to have you and please give us feedback uh, as we go forward. And uh, pardon me for losing my voice all of a sudden. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, no I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, and feel free to give us a, a review or some stars if you like us. That would be great on app on iTunes, um, on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. But um, I guess we're ready to get into it. All right. Let's do this. All right. Woohoo. Uh, today, for my folklore, uh, I've chosen Abertok. Um, it's an Irish vampire. And apparently he was an immensely evil chieftain and was sometimes said to be a dwarf. Um, he practiced dark magic and would kill his victims just for fun. Um, apparently when he was a kid, he was mocked and bullied. Uh, but once he rose to power, he took his revenge on everyone. The people feared him and so much that they tried to find a way to rid themselves of him and fortunately for them one day a battle had broke out and uh this monstrous man was killed and buried upright as was considered custom um but the next day he was seen running around and through dark magic, he was able to return as one of the walking dead. Um, they even say that he was 
possibly even the inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, wow. But when he came back, he was demanding blood sacrifices uh, because blood made him strong. Um, hearing of his return, the chief that originally killed him returned back and killed him for a second time. He was reburied. The next day, he was seen roaming around again. Um, he de- but he came back even more bloodthirsty um, and was demanding uh, blood sacrifices from people slitting their wrists and feeding him. And uh, because the people were so terrified of him, they, they obeyed. They would come up, slit their wrists, and he would drink the blood from them. And again, that same chief returned, killed him again. He arose again, even more bloodthirsty. Um, so the chief uh, was trying to figure out, well, figure out a way to kill this creature um, permanently. So he went to a druid uh, that understood dark magic. And the druid gave him a wooden sword and said to kill this creature, he would have to stab this wooden sword through the heart of this creature and it would not be able to uh, rise again. And he said that the body would also have to be buried upside down and buried underneath large stone. Um, so the, the chief did all that. He, uh, he fought the creature. He drove the wooden sword through his heart. They buried him upside down. Um, they put a massive stone over top of him. That way it would prevent him from being able to climb out again. And uh, that was the end of it. And uh, um, they also planted a uh, a hawthorn tree next to the the grave to mark his grave and to uh, keep him buried. And uh, his resting place actually still exists today in a village that I can't pronounce because this is in Ireland. And... um, as long as the stone remains on top of his grave and that tree remains standing, the creature will remain imprisoned. And apparently some years ago, some people tried to clear that land, but as they were trying to clear the land, they their chainsaw malfunctioned three times. Um, when they tried to remove that piece of stone, the steel chain snapped and actually injured one of the workers and the blood that had uh, fallen from the worker's injury actually absorbed into the ground visibly, um, uh, possibly being that creature is still alive, still imprisoned, but not finished finished with his time on Earth. So if that stone is ever removed or that tree is ever removed, he could possibly still return today. And okay. that is my folklore. Um my urban legend. Well, well, let's let's discuss that, and then uh, then I'll go into my urban legend. What do y'all think about that? That's very interesting. Um, just because uh, I know that we're gonna <clears throat> excuse me. Gosh, sorry about that. My um, Vlad, you know, talking about we're gonna talk about Vlad the Impaler probably as a group subject because it's pretty interesting about Dracula, um, Voivod, mm-hmm. Prince of Wallachia. Um, this is interesting that you've brought this to my attention about, I'm, I'm going to, Abartak? 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 
Abbott. Abbott. Okay. Because, I mean, the Irish do have very complicated names, and they're very hard, very hard to um, pronounce sometimes. But I had no idea that that's where the wooden stake came from. That's interesting. I mean, King Vlad was, you know, an impaler, uh, but... And Dr- Dracul, you know, uh, was his was his um, name. Uh, but this is interesting about uh, this this dwarf. I find this very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Vlad the Impeller, when he would impel, he would. Uh, well, I actually watched some kind of documentary about Vlad the Impeller, and when he would impel the body, he would go through the taint and out the collarbone. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, he had a technique, or he had a yeah. technique for his for his common and, people, or whoever was the executioners that did all that stuff. All yeah. the knives. That's pretty powerful. But um, yeah, this is interesting. So, so the legend behind this is that. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the name again. Arbuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, I, I, had to, I had to practice. <laughs> to Arbitech. To yeah, A B H A R T A C H. Abartech. He he could possibly still okay. So he could be roaming. You know the it, if the that world. stone is removed, he could re rise again. So when you talk about the druids and the druids are ancient, um, Mm -hmm. that that's a whole, that's a very interesting point that you brought up. The druids are, and I, I can see where that, I mean, yeah, it would be hard for, I think any kind of beast or vampire or anything to be able to remove a giant stone. Who knows how the stonehenge, I mean, that's just fascinating in itself. It's like, how the hell did that happen? Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. But uh, going to, uh, if, if you want to continue talking about folklore, I, I, I will talk about the skinwalkers. Um, okay. Unless, Lisa, you want to interject with anything about from your the perspective. Um, I'll say this. Uh, when I was a kid, I saw a leprechaun-type guy and led a bunch of my friends on a chase I don't, it was around St. Patrick's Day. So obviously I was like, you know, I how dare chased, you? I chased a <laughs> um, small looking <laughs> leprechaun type guy. Um, and I really, like, it, I really have a memory of that. Like I remember seeing him and he would look back cheekily and go, <laughs> and then like keep, keep running. And it was just like, like a wild leprechaun chase. And the other thing I was going to say is, um, I thought it was interesting uh, in the story about how the the thing the you know when you the what do you call it chainsaw stopped working. Mm-hmm. I do find that that's a real thing, like with regards to otherworldliness, powers, and things like that. When electrical or certain um, things stop working, when certain energies are around, um, I know that. For myself, like I've seen that happen so many times where things will stop working if I've, uh, I don't know, like interacted with it and stuff, depending. And I'm not saying it's my energy per se, but I'm saying that it's like uh, some forces that, you know, we don't really understand and things like that. Which that I and, and that's also where, like, as conscious beings, um, 
where like folklore and urban legends and mythologies and everything are based off of some form of truth. Um, we also need to acknowledge the fact that some of these things could be true. And uh, if you're running into issues like that, that's where we need to be conscientious of uh, like, let sleeping dogs lie. Uh, let the dead rest. Yeah. Do not I disturb these things. Don't play with these powers. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of that sort of thing when I was a kid. And I, I feel the effects of it today. I do. I have had been uh, sort of, a ritual done uh, in a reservation in uh, in Taos where um, a lot of the, the sort of spirits that are around me that these uh, Native Americans could see and they did a little ritual to get rid of some of them. I've also had a masseuse in, in, in uh, over here where in our neck of the woods who was also a, a psychic who was able to help to remove these spirits, she saw them too, but there's, there's one that won't, that both of them separately saw that there's one male energy that do, won't go away that I have that's almost always with me and is not necessarily bad. I was about to say, maybe, maybe that's your guardian angel. Not necessarily Possibly. good. Oh, apparently, according to uh, the people that I've spoken to, that it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily good. And it's somebody that needs that I, I do need to help this person or this entity to to move along in the uh, in, in, along because it's it's in a it's trap it's latched on for some reason and it's not able to move forward is how it's you know what it's something that i need to, to work on actually but Shit. my, my guardian angel's probably slamming his head into a wall daily going <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this guy yeah. <laughs> No, but they're they're with us, and sometimes they are trapped between different dimensions. And And, we'll talk about this. And and my when I get to my topic, I'm I would like to be the one that talks about ghost stories and hauntings, if that's okay with you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and like with Lisa's, uh, sorry to interrupt. uh, Like with what Lisa's talking about about her figure, um, uh, people. uh spirits or whatnot that do latch on to you it's they they don't just latch on to your everyday common person they latch on to people who are uh, a sort of medium people who are in touch with that spiritual side Mm. and uh the stronger your connection the stronger they will bond on to you and uh like like kind of like in the movie the sixth sense or uh ghost world um they they know it's like hey she she can detect me she can help me finish my earthly business so that i can move on to the next level that's what i've been told by the the masseuse who was the psychic masseuse that's what she told me what we were working on um doing was trying to get this spirit to move to make the decision and for me to like be like it's time for you to go and move on um yeah but i'm not sure that 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 entity is gone yet i still sometimes think it is around because it happened just very recently in all in the space of a couple days where i was in the presence of of a couple people and um like uh the things that they were the thing that they were using stopped working Mm -hmm. uh it happens a lot i cannot even remember the specific things but i was like damn that's happened like two days in a row like the the force of this thing is probably is strong at the moment you know yeah. Um, and the other thing, just a little tidbit, you mentioned Stonehenge. 
before like uh, what I I have been at Stonehenge um, for the summer solstice to try to see the you know how the sun comes through the stones and everything like that the way that they designed it to but it was too cloudy and it was raining and stuff like that and we were all on like a bunch of drugs and stuff like that and um everybody was dressed up as uh like there were lots of people like dressed up as druids and we sort of just partied the night away at stonehenge it was pretty cool mm-hmm. but anyways i digress so are we gonna go into genie g's yep folklore? yep genie uh what you got about skinwalkers so skinwalkers, okay, okay. I'm I'm very fascinated with uh, Native American culture from the Cherokees to the Navajos and Same. all that. Um, and uh, I I guess I get into a little bit of conspiracy theories, and and this is going to go okay. I'm going to go back to your leprechaun experience, Lisa, mm. because I wonder, like, okay, Bigfoot skinwalkers are if they're people that are posers that are posing to create these kind of situations. Like, are, are, is it really real? But I will say this. Okay. So skinwalkers are, um, they are, they're witches um, from uh, native American culture to go curse uh, parts of the land that have been violated. I guess you would say the Utes and the Navajo. Now I lived in Arizona for a long time and I have been up in the Navajo nation and i tell you what um uh, it's 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 sad to see like to go to monument valley and go to the valley of the gods before you get to utah there's a lot of poverty in the navajo culture um but that when um gosh going back to the 1800s and when the cowboys were out there uh you know, there was a lot of disruption with with the different native american tribes and there were witches that could um, curse things. And that's pretty much what happened. And these skinwalkers are basically a witch formation. And now coming from Native American, um, Native American belief, uh, they're shapeshifters, okay? So you can, there's some med- uh, medicine doctors that can be shapeshifters that can shift into different like animal spirits, you know, depending on your animal spirits, you know, and they can shape shift. Same thing with a skinwalker, but the skinwalker was designed to uh, perform witchcraft on on tribes or threatened um, parts of their land. Okay, um, and I find find that fascinating. People like see that, that say that they can see them sometimes out there in the wilderness. You know, like, oh, there is something out there. But is that, I don't, okay, so a lot of, um, there's a lot of experiments that happen. Okay, Area 51, I know we're not going into aliens today. We're not talking about aliens. But um, there's a lot of experimentation in the wide west. Like, it's it's so huge that there can be things that happen that could possibly change animals or change people or you know is it is it spiritual is it is it cursed is it uh witchcraft and that's the thing that makes it very fascinating about this folklore of skinwalkers because it seems to be um something that is seen uh is it is it a posing like is somebody posing as a skinwalker to to like create conspiracy or is it real and on in my opinion um a skinwalker, I've never seen one, but I have been on Navajo land, 
And I tell you what, it is sacred land and you can feel it just like when I was at the Chichen Itza in um, the Mayan pyramids down in near Cancun, I like there is like a sacred feeling underneath that land. Like it's, it's so powerful. And, um, and my journey through to see the monument Valley, to go with my dad to um, the Muley point where he wants his ashes thrown up in Utah, that wasn't going to happen that day. It was a silent day, blue skies, you know, not a, not a single bird in the air. And it was just, it was quiet and beautiful. And then all of a sudden a storm came in and it was, so it, it, it's almost like for me, that cursing or the skin become mother nature in a sense. Not, not that mother nature is a bad thing, but she just, she put on fury real quick and we had to get the hell out of there and get up to Utah and get away from this incredible storm that happened. And I'm like, was it because I was, you know, <clears throat> the sacred land, was it they didn't want us there or something? Or uh, or was it just that it, I wasn't allowed to see where my dad wanted his ashes thrown? And the Muley Point is in Utah. It's a cliff. It's You have to go up to switchbacks after you go through the gooseneck of Colorado River up to switchbacks. And lightning was shining like it was a beautiful blue sky and then all of a sudden it was dangerous very dangerous weather it was in, insane and i was like oh wow the navajo definitely have um this is sacred land and they call it the valley of the gods and i, I can understand where this this folklore of of this the skinwalker comes from because there, there's something very powerful there that is you cannot explain it. It's unexplained. You know, I don't know if something came from Area 51 in Nevada and came down, you know, and did something with, you know, a, an animal and then made this weird species or creature. But like, I find it fascinating that um, it's it's, you know, it's it's witchcraft from what they say. So. Yeah. That's a lot of okay. That was a lot of stuff, but <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're good, and I mean, uh, like I know when it whenever I first picked this topic, and I was trying to figure out which folklore I wanted to go with. Um, the original one I was going to go with was the Skinwalkers. So I had okay. done research on them also, um, because like like you, I'm I'm very fascinated with Indian culture. Um, and uh, the Skinwalkers is actually a, um, a very old uh, folklore. I don't want to say ancient because I don't think it's thousands of years old, but I would say it's several hundred, maybe a thousand years old. Um, but uh, it was uh, Indian medicine men who dedicated their lives to uh, helping and healing. And uh, um, you 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 might have found something I didn't like. I might have misunderstood or something. But uh, what what I what I remember, I have no notes on this one, so I'm going off memory, which could be bad. Um, but uh, I was thinking it was uh, when the medicine man died because he had devoted his lifetime to helping and healing, and death he become a skinwalker, and skinwalkers are evil and create carnage and chaos. Hmm. That's interesting because uh, from what I understand about medicine, I mean, there, 
there he okay uh going back to channeling mediums and like uh if, if there's like a presence that sticks with you like you were saying lisa um <clears throat> that something is with you medicine men are, are, are healers mm-hmm. and and they could they, have... they are still called witch doctors but yeah okay i mean okay. and even shamans you know like shamans it depends yeah. on you know which tribes you're talking about and and sex yeah. yep and also like they can be used for these powers can be used for good or evil i think uh i didn't you know you, you know you both know more about skinwalkers more than i do but they were primarily used to like not not for good necessarily but to like for revenge and things like that right mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, like, and... like Jeannie said, like for uh, like like especially like the white men. The white men come over here. They they tore down the forest. They burned the lands. They they spilled blood. So yeah, a uh, a healer is gonna have an issue with that. So awesome. I, I blame I don't blame them at all for uh, becoming a skinwalker in the form of a panther or a lion or uh, whatever form they chose, or even like Jeannie said, like with Bigfoot, who knows? Bigfoot could be a skinwalker, and maybe that's why uh, he's so impossible to locate or track down or get a proper image of or whatever um, down. Maybe he's a skinwalker, and he chooses to only be seen in human form, but when he's not being seen or when he's not out uh killing and uh eliminating the vermin being us um he's in his natural form or uh his new natural form as bigfoot yeah i mean yeah and part of that okay so we're you know we're of course we're talking about folklore and skinwalkers but the legend behind this um the cherokee nation which is a a smaller tribe up here in appalachian mountains and stuff um not as big and widespread as the um other uh native american tribes out out west um my, my family's cherokee okay and, and so see this this is you, you said uh, you mentioned that okay this could be hundreds and hundreds of years but mm-hmm. the druids there's something the druid and we'll get into another podcast about this but the druid language is very similar to the cherokee language Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's interesting. We'll have to do more research on that. But like, um, so the Cherokees also had this, even even though they're 3,000 miles away from the West, they had the same kind of folklore and in, in the legend. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that when it comes to uh, having a, maybe a, a, a dispute, okay, a dispute between maybe the white man coming over, you know, and colonizing. Okay. The Indians, you know, the Cherokee did that, but also out West, the Utes, um, the Utes and the, um, the Navajo had a dispute. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they would, I guess, push that witch doctor onto cursing, the other tribe. Like they, they had disputes among themselves. Oh, yeah. So and, and that's where where I'm going. I'm not trying to get onto like, you know, the trail of tears and all that. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, we're not no, trying to I, get on I that. Get you. But uh, animals associated with witchcraft usually include tricksters, such as the coyote. Mm-hmm. The okay. tricksters a very popular form. 
And I'll tell you what, like I, when I would ride horses out West, like in the desert with my best friend, you know, we're on horseback, you know, she's carrying a, a Glock, you know, and I mean, we're very, we, we, our ears and our eyes, we're all aware, but when a coyote starts like following us, it gets weird. It, it's, oh, it was yeah. a little, it was a little scary. It's like, okay. And and then and they can call to each other like gang members, you know, they can mm-hmm. whistle or howl or however they do. And then there could be like four other coyotes around us. It's like, that was creepy. That happened a couple of times. And I was like, actually. And disturbed. coyotes are not small. They're fucking scary. huge. Isn't that scary? It's creepy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm being stalked by a coyote. And there's, an, I, I think coyotes are great. They're, they're, com- they communicate very well with each other, but when they start following you, it's like what? <laughs> yeah, they're they're on the prowl by then. I mean, coyotes are like wolves; they're pack hunters. Uh, yeah, a single one uh, called a tracker goes out, tracks down the source of food supply, uh, alerts yep. the rest of the pack. They congregate and they take you down in strength by numbers. It's that's creepy. And, I, I... and they're they're huge. They're like twice the size of a German shepherd. Wow. They yeah they get big especially the the ones out west are a little bit smaller that I've seen, but the I've I've seen pictures of the ones here in Georgia and they are big. I'm I, like I've seen one up in Maine and fucking made my dog look like a chihuahua. Wow. <laughs> oh man, when they when they make a kill, they they all screech at the you know at the same time to hide the noise of the screaming the, of the of the animal that they they killed i, right. I did not and know so, that oh because yeah because once it gets to the you know this time of year really as we're guessing like colder we'll hear them out here and oh it's yeah like, it's fine chilling you hear that oh they're just like Wait, i don't even it's like it's i've, I've heard like a bunch of like like ch- like children crying or something like yes it's, it's not like a howl it's, it's like a cackling kind of like yeah childlike um it's creepy it's like it almost like i don't want to say demonic it's not like demonic but it's just eerie it just it's just it's eerie yes it's It's eerie it's very eerie um so uh just going back to the coyote um these they are considered to be associated with death or bad omens right and so the skinwalkers in the same light um are represented in the same way um and so Stories being told among Navajo children may be complete with life and death struggles that end in either skinwalker or Navajo killing the a Navajo killing the other. So it, it gets yeah. it gets really dark. It I, gets... I forgot about that part about the Navajo killing one of their own, uh, yeah. creating a skinwalker. Yeah, I, I do remember seeing that in my research, but I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, but that's basically um, I'm not basic. It's it's a very it's a very deep dark. Um, not, it's a folklore it's not dark it's just it's um these watchers that go out there it possibly could be um shapeshifters of some sort but it, mm-hmm. it stems from the medicine and um being able to like do with uh, what would you say lisa chris um i guess do like a um, like a, spiritualistic rituals yes thank you uh like maybe not enough sweat love some sort of spirit like just bring them up if whatever they are you know yeah because i mean it, like the the medicine men they they were so in 
in like touch say, with the spiritual side, like they could actually enter the spiritual, the spirit world. Um, they could communicate with the dead. Um, they could detect sickness, heal sickness. Um, yeah. Like uh, all that kind of stuff through, I mean, yes, through medicine. I mean, they did use herbal rituals, uh, but there was a ritual for everything. Like, I mean, even, even like the rain dance, like the Indians yeah. going out and doing a specific ritualistic dance uh, to create rain during a drought. Um, so, but medicine men, they, they were considered like holy men. Um, that, that's what the term medicine men meant was uh, holy men. Um, yeah. And like if the medicine men ever had to leave their camp, um, they would leave someone in charge of uh, watching over their family. And it was considered an honor to watch over the medicine man's family because mm-hmm. he, was, he was of the hierarchy of the tribe. Um, medicine men were very spiritual. Um, so, uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, the Skinwalker topic, like, that, that's a badass folklore. Um, so that, that's awesome that you brought that to the table. I enjoyed that. Well, and just to just uh, thank you for um, saying that, but I, I will say this uh, because this world, you know, because I'm I'm fascinated by world culture and ancient civilizations, and the Vikings traveling, and you know, everybody reaching other lands and stuff. Uh, the non-native interpretations of Skinwalker stories typically take the form of partial encounter stories on the road, where the protagonist is temporarily temporarily vulnerable but then escapes from the skinwalker in a way not traditionally seen in Navajo stories. Sometimes Navajo children take European folk stories and substitute skinwalkers for generic killers like the hook. Hmm. So, Don't know so this one. This, so this goes back to let's, uh, we'll connect the Druids with the, with the Cherokee language. We're going to, we're going to connect those together down the road. Um, <laughs> So the hookman is about a killer with a pirate-like hook for a hand attacking a couple in a parked car. In many versions of the story, the killer is typically portrayed as a faceless, silhouetted old man wearing a raincoat and rain hat that conceals most of his features, especially his face. So that gets that gets into like serial killer stuff. But yeah, but but it's interesting that and so the non-Native American goes back to European folklore as well like there it it, it seems to be it, it's not just in america like that the skinwalker is a, actually a shapeshifter or or something like that amongst all of the like around the world it's not well, just that and the fact that it was uh it was the british that invaded the u.s um and so i mean we do got a combination of the native tribes of america and the British who went back and forth and back and forth. So they might've actually carried the native American tribes folklore back to the motherland. Right. And, uh, it, it just altered. It, it's kind of like there, there's a game that, um, we played one time in boy scouts, uh, as everyone stood in line, there's a name for this game, but since I'm on spur of the moment, I don't remember it. Um, but, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a communication experiment as everybody stands in line. You got like 20 or 30 people. The very first person 
turns around, tells the second person something, and they're supposed to repeat it to the third, they're supposed to repeat it to the fourth, and then by the end of the line, say the 30th person, whatever the first person said has been changed by the time it got to the 30th person because okay. it gets misconstrued in Telephone. communication. Huh? Telephone. Yeah. I, I, I totally follow you, Chris. Yeah. Um, so there's a great movie, um, and I believe it's with um, Bill Murray and um, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Lost in Translation. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I know I know the name of that movie, but I've never got to see it. But that's, that's exactly like uh, – whatever that game is that you're talking, I totally know what you're saying, but yes, when you go around a room, like it does get trans, it translates, you know, to a certain degree, like we only process so much information at once. So that folklore could turn into a, you know, urban legend or something down the road. Like I said, based off some truth, but altered to make exciting or misunderstood and told another way. And uh, that's why we can't tell what's myth, what's real. Uh, Like, did this really happen? We don't know because it's been told 10,000 times by 10,000 people. Chances are it's been told 10,000 different ways. So that that's the fun part about folklore. That's why I chose this topic. Like I I said, I get excited. So (laughs) uh, that's great. To me, it's fun themes and archetypes in in film and and things like that and having the hero's tale like the reason we Mm -hmm. have these stories is because they are compelling i guess and it is interesting how in you know kind of what when we were in genie g's topic uh, a couple weeks ago about dragons like we had dragons in you know the Western culture, the Eastern culture, all of and them. Numerous cultures. Numerous cultures where they're, they're, these things are cropping up. Same as like the skinwalkers. Like they, they come up, but in slightly different forms. And like same with like mm-hmm. vampires or, uh, you know, leprechauns, dwarfs, fairies, things like that. Like lots of cultures have these things, even though they were separated by thousands of miles and oceans, you know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah Maybe even before... Some of them, the tales well, were so it, old that they were before we were traveling, like um, with ships and things like that. Yeah, and it's also like me and you, or we. I don't, I don't remember if this was outside the podcast or during the podcast conversation about how we had discussed. Uh, it's like I can come up with an idea for something that I want to create, but uh, someone else with better resources comes up with the same idea, even though we've never met discussed it anything but they came up with the same exact idea and uh developed that product first oh yeah yeah yeah. that's like the way that like the way that the universe works is like these things are in existence already but we you may be the vessel for this thing this to be created whether it be an invention a song a piece Mm. of art an idea I don't think that they belong solely to the creator. I think the create the creator is often the manifestation and just the vet the vessel that can produce things and because things need to be made for some reason in some sort of uh, divine way that we don't understand mm-hmm. that some things need to come into existence and I think maybe that's what uh, folklore and um, mythology like teaches you is that these things want to get made all around the world, even though we're separated, we're connected by some thread that 
is uh, something that we're trying to understand. And we, we have these stories that help us to understand these. Exactly. Things. I mean, like before we get into your topic, Lisa, um, to continue on what you're saying, it's like you mentioned mythology and everything. It's like with ancient mythologies, Greek mythology, Egyptology, Christianity, um, Buddhism, uh, what I know Buddhism's enlightenment. Um, but all of these things are preaching the same thing. Uh, it's uh, practice peace in life to reach a paradise. If you do evil in life, you you end up in Hades or hell or whatever you want to call it. Um, but uh, it, uh, I ain't going to say every religion because some religions do preach hate. Um, but, uh, or like human sacrifice and shit like that. But, um, but like to be worldwide cultures that have never even, uh, acknowledged there was another culture on the planet. No one ever knew thousands of years ago, boats hadn't even been invented, neither had airplanes. Um, but yet somehow they all formed a spiritual guidance on how to practice being a decent human being and that if you were decent or you were evil, there was a place for both of you. Um, so it, it's weird how, I mean, like that, that would be mythology and kind of folklorish. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so yeah, it, it's weird how that works. It's like everyone has, not everyone, but uh, people can have the same thought even though being thousands of miles apart and never have even communicated but have the exact same thought so yeah i mean that's how these things start and i mean who knows some a lot of these things could have just been campfire tales yeah Yeah. around the campfire and making up a story (laughs) could be i mean if somebody could have been dressing up in a um a giant costume or something and you know, freaking people out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I mean, with, it's like, possible. Like with Bigfoot. Do y'all do y'all remember? Uh, this hell. This might happen late nineties, early two thousands. The two college kids that claimed they had uh, found and killed Bigfoot, and what they had really done was got a Bigfoot costume and stuffed it full of rotted meat. Oh God, no! I didn't it, know that story. Yeah, it it actually made the news because oh. they they were trying to claim they actually found the real Bigfoot and killed him. Turned out it was a suit they stuffed full of meat. Well, I, I'll, I'll say this, uh, Lisa, and we'll get to your topic. I, I'm just going to be real quick. Um, this I was watching some research, um, and uh, it was these hunters, you know, and it was it was nighttime. Okay, so they had their night vision. So it was like black and white, basically. And I thought it was hilarious because it was very dramatic. And there's this this white walker thing that was walking across the woods. And, um, I love and they're the like, white oh, walkers. Oh my, and they're like, oh, my God, there's a skinwalker, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, by the, um, the four-wheeler hunter mobile, whatever it is, um, the guy sitting there, he had a nail through his foot. So he was bleeding. So he was sitting there. And all of a sudden, the walker was right there, and then he jumped out like, "Oh my god!" And it was hilarious. I'm like, "Is that real?" 
that was fake. I don't know. That was pretty, it was too, it was too, um, coincidental, I yeah. guess you would say. And yeah. I thought it, I thought it was, it was very, it made for really great, um, dramatic stuff, but I'm like, bullshit. I mean, I, I'm like that, that's somebody in a fucking costume right there. That, that. that, that's the problem with today's time is because of technology and, uh, innovation and everything is it's so easy to crop a picture or uh do cgi for a video yeah and stuff like that i mean them or like you said even costumes because i mean some of these costumes that they come out with today are fucking movie magic costumes where they just look really fucking real yeah um so like how do you depict what's real and what's not we can't tell these days no. This is going to be a really big problem as we get, I mean, it already is becoming a huge problem, like fraud and especially voice fraud. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can already yes. you know, replicate. Voice. Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. be so easy to scam people, you know, especially people who are vulnerable, who are not tech savvy. You know, I mean, it's this is going to really be a problem, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, like, especially, man, like, I could... I could not be me right now. I could just be like, you know, the robot voice of me that sounds exactly like me. Mm-hmm. Because the more that we upload things of ourselves, the more we're basically uploading our consciousness. Uh-huh. Then and we can replicate that. And yeah, so that's, that's a very good and, point. And then yeah, e- oh. even like even like making sounds like, you know, in the very first Jurassic Park movie, how they made the dinosaur noises, like when they roar. All they did was they took the sounds from multiple animals like elephants and zebras and coyotes and everything, and they blended them together to make that roar. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) it's easy to, uh, like, integrate shit Mm -hmm. into making a specific sound that you're wanting to reach. So, I mean, like, you get a screech. Like, you say you, you make a video of a guy in a costume that looks like some form of creature. And then you implicate uh, the screech of like an eagle into it. But because it's in the form of this being and you don't see the eagle, it don't sound like an eagle. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But a- anyway, I know we're getting off subject. So, uh, um, Lisa, what's your folklore? Okay. So I am. Talking about mermaids. Uh, the reason I chose mer- chose mermaids is because I started looking into Scottish fo- folklore, and then more specifically, I was looking towards where my uh, family come from, which is um, outside of Glasgow on the uh, River Clyde, and, and that's Scotland, right? Scotland, yep. And so, um, a story that I came and and it's not too far from where. Uh, my mom grew up and where my family's from and uh, we lived for a while as well. Um, So I wanted to focus on mermaids and um, mermaids are also like what we've been saying. They've there's all around the whole world. Like all cultures have got these, what, you know, people say aquatic apes, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even in Japan or, you know, Scandinavia, there's, there's some, discussions about uh, mermaids and mermaid mermen mermaids and mermen and they yep. usually like symboled unlucky things they were usually an unlucky omen and a lot of, you know, if you see a mermaid or a merman like beware because bad shit's gonna go down 
So um, this story is um, about the vengeful mermaid. And this happened, uh, it's also known as, sorry, the legend of um, Nocdolian, uh, uh, sorry, Nocdolian Castle, which is probably about an hour from where uh, my family are from. So it's, it's on the River Clyde, which is a big river, uh, southwest Scotland. And basically the story goes like this. Um, a mermaid used to uh, swim and roam the waters surrounding uh, a Noctolian castle at night. And it would used to, it had a favorite rock. It was a black stone and it would sing and it would come out at night and just sing. Um, but the singing apparently was waking up the infant heir um, of the, uh, the Noctolian, um, well, matron i suppose of the house i suppose you would you would call her the late lady noctolian basically she finally had a baby she delivered an heir and you know that was important to keep the family name and the future assured the baby was very weirdly quiet and for some reason in the first few weeks of its life and it slept nice and soundly um, but then all of a sudden the baby started to like be screaming in the middle of the night and, you know, they were like, what the hell's going on? And then one of the servants was like, I saw a mermaid out there. Like, this is why the baby's waking up and crying. Oh. So, and Lady Noctolian is like, fuck this mermaid. We're going to go <laughs> take all the tools. We go out there with our pickaxes and our like whatever tools we had back then. This is like a few hundred years ago. So they go out and they're like, let's destroy her rock. Yeah. Take away Kill the, rock the fair folk. Yeah. <laughs> so basically they go, they get rid of like the, her nice, smooth black rock that she likes to sing on at night. And then um, the mermaid goes to find her rock. She's like, where's my rock? Cause it's, you know, just like to chill and, and sing there. Anyway, she goes and she realizes what they've done. She saw, she sees like a pickaxe and she's like, okay, these motherfuckers have like ruined my favorite rock. So um, then the mermaid's like, ye may think on your cradle, I'll think on my, my stain and there'll never be an heir to Noctolian again. So stain means rock. Uh, yeah. Yep. And anyway, so basically what happened Next few nights, everything went quiet. Baby was quiet. Everybody was chill. And they were like, yeah, that mermaid. We showed that mermaid, you know. And they thought that the whole situation was dealt with by destroying the, the, the black smooth rock. But anyways, what happened was uh, about a week later, the baby's quiet and the baby's dead. Baby's dead. <gasps> and, yeah, baby's dead. So it was, it was very sad. They, they found the baby motionless in the cradle. Anyways, so the so Lady uh, Noctolian is trying to have another baby. She had another year. Lady Noctolian delivers another baby, and it only lived for a few hours. Very sad. Following I feel like year, I've heard this story. Have you? Wait, I, I, so, I, wait. I so, so I she, but I mean, continue. But I, I think I've heard this before. Well, the, so the 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 first baby died, and then the second mm -hmm. baby only lived a few few hours. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, no, I feel no. like I've heard this before. But continue. So the so, so she try she tries to have another baby, and then the, that baby only lived a for a few hours. Very sad. And then she tries to have another baby. Following year, she delivers another. It didn't even live 
for a minute. It was just still. I was about to say it was a stillborn. It was stillborn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then wow. next year, the Lord uh, Noctolian, he drops dead, basically. He he went out game shooting, and he came back, and he just died when he got back. Then the oh, wow. lady, she's widowed. Her spirit's broken. Her children are dead. Her husband's dead. And she very soon became ill with grief. And one night, she did not wake. She did not wake the next morning. And basically, that is the, the tale of the legend of Noctolian. The castle still exists. It's there. You can go and see the ruins. But oh, the wow. reason that the Noctolians never kept their name and it died with the with Lady Noctolian, it died with her because this... They couldn't provide an heir. Because, there's no heir and the... Yep, but it's all because of the mermaid They and the rock. And... Um, People do still see say that you can see the um you can you can see the mermaids and you can um you know you can hear you can go there but you can hear nothing but the gentle swishing of the waves against the shore with the ruins of the castle of Noctolian. Now, Anyways, now I would like to what, go and check that out. Yeah, me too. I would um, love to check yeah. it out. Wasn't wasn't the dad like some some kind of a sailor? Like like he spent a lot of time on the ocean. I think so, yeah, because it's a it's a shipping um, right on the on the River Clyde. It's uh, these are all shipping towns. So yeah, because yeah. I, I want to say like the mess with mermaids was uh, like mermaids would sit on a rock and sing to attract sailors, but when they would get the sailor, they would kill them. Yeah, like I mean, the, it's it goes into the sirens, you know, like yeah, um, exactly. from Greek mythology. But that's yeah. just testament to how these these stories um, go their their travel From culture from. to culture. Exactly. So yeah, it was that, and also it's no no surprise that there are mermaid and merman tales on the River Clyde um, because it was a shipping area, and so that it does it makes sense as to why that was a thing um, in that area of Scotland. And, and that's that's the weird thing. As, I mean, I know of mermen, um, but. I think the mermen, like in the mermaid community, the mermen was specifically only for procreation. Um, but the mermaids, they the the female mermaids, uh, they they were the mean ones. Yeah, they yeah. they were the killers. Yeah, um, you don't hear as much about the mermen. They were they were, yeah. um, they, were they because they were desired. They were they lusted you know. after. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, they were lusted after. That, that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Well, they were. But they I will say this: or people, yeah, they were using their, uh, you know, their, their power, charm, their charisma. Yeah, exactly. So, I'll say this um, about whales. You know, we were talking about whales um, and sonar communication, like how sound carries through water and also carries over water, and. Being a sailor, like I, my dad taught me how to sail my, uh, my boat. Like it was a sailboat. I learned with a, a starfish sail. I was on a starfish racing team and stuff. Oh, but, wow. but, but sound, like, like when I was a kid, uh, but like sound carries over water too. Like it's mm-hmm. not, not just down in the water, it's over the water and it can carry. And I could imagine, this is, I'm, I'm imagining myself being a sailor on a boat for like, months and like i just ready to reach land 
And, you know, like my, I might just say something like, fuck, <laughs> and it carries over the water. And somehow there's some sort of sound that comes that rebounds or something. Almost there's like a, an echo. Yeah. And I could see how that could create that tale of the sirens and of mermaid. Like we're talking about, I was talking about coyotes just a minute ago. Like, yeah, the, the ocean awesome. is very trickery. It, it's, it's, it can trick you too. It can definitely work some magic, you know? See, like, like, uh, like with mermaids, like Lisa said, like they, they would perch on a rock and they would sing in this harmonious uh, tone um, that would draw sailors in and then they would murder the sailor. Um, <laughs> and with sirens, sirens were more land-based and when they would sing, uh, uh, their tone was almost so screeching it would make your head explode. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I wonder, I wonder if like, <clears throat> if, if it's like, if they were, so sirens are land-based. I didn't realize that about, I thought that mermaids and sirens were pretty much the same. Well, they're, they're the same, just different bodies of uh, property, like land and water. Well, you know, so this is the thing. I wonder if, okay, I'm, I'm thinking about um, the military and armies and, um, you know, dynasty, like uh, conquerors and, and knights and, and armies of, uh, of people, like if they were calling out to those sailors, like if they were using like a trumpet or if they were using like a French horn or something like that, and it would carry across the sea and it would pull those like they if they knew that they were going to be infiltrated by like 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 amphibious like attack or something that they could you know, distract or something like that's, I, I, I get into, I get into a deep head thinking of like, I wonder if that, that was a play like, and it, and it caused an urban legend like, Oh yeah, the sirens, but were they, were they just people that were ready for some sort of infiltration from another, like the, I'm going to use the Vikings as an example. Yeah. Let's pull the Vikings in because they're, they're probably delirious from being on the, ocean for like months mm-hmm. you yeah. know and they hear this beautiful this beautiful sound it's like oh oh that's that's a good calling right there mm-hmm. i know that sounds i know i'm getting a little bit wacky in my head about that but like yeah, i just wonder like going back to dragons and stuff like that how things do become molded into a, a great fairy tale or a story by by a campfire like oh yeah the sirens called us you know yeah yeah. And then we got butchered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no, I, I would definitely have to do a little bit more research on the sirens. I mean, I know of them. I know a little bit about them. But uh, to be able to speak of them, I, I would have to do a little research. Yeah, yeah. I do remember it in, like, um, the Odyssey and the Id. The, or mm-hmm. the Odysseus or whatever. Was it, uh, yeah, Odyssey. The Odyssey. The Odyssey. Right. The Odyssey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah the, that, the Odyssey. There, yeah, there was yeah. a lot in this about the sirens and that. I think. See yeah. that that was actually one of my most favorite things about the TV series uh, Supernatural. Like, I love they that show. Go into so much folklore. Uh, right. They go into the tricksters, the Winnebago, or the the Wendigos. Winnebago's is fucking <laughs> camper. Uh, the Wendigos. <laughs> um, them, 
<coughs> shapeshifters, vampires, uh, werewolves, and uh, like um, like race and uh, uh, poltergeist and everything. And, and I mean, like they did th- they did their fucking homework on these things. And yeah. they even went into like the sirens and stuff like that, and uh, them like to visually see and depict what encountering one could possibly do. Um, like, it, it was very, I don't want to say entertain, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Like if you, if you, I mean, obviously this is fictional. Um, and made for entertainment but if you look at it from a different spectrum and go if i ever encountered one it could go like this that's what makes it entertaining yeah yeah i haven't actually but uh i know my brother's fiance loves it supernatural uh, well, it's uh, it's my favorite series like I, i i want the fucking i want the bot set I, I love that. I love that show too. I, I did watch. I mean, it was very, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but going back to sirens. So sirens, um, I know that at least you talked about mermaids, but we're, I mean, it is one in the same kind of separate, but in the same kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Sirens. So we call um, emergency responder sirens, you know, like the firefighters, like, firefighters. Oh, yeah. Okay. True. So True. it's a siren, right? And so my next door neighbor has three dogs, two lovely pit bulls and one bulldog that I absolutely adore. He's so adorable. Um, and so whenever a, a fire truck goes by down our road, they howl, they howl, they respond. Like it, it, it's that tone. It's that, it's the tone of the siren. It, it doesn't have to be a police car siren. It, it is the fire truck that sets off the dogs mm-hmm. and it's just really and, and they howl at the mid they just you know and, I'm, and I'm, it's I'm, on the okay. frequency yeah. that they pick up yeah and no interesting i, I thought that yeah. was right I, I'm, I made i made a howling noise i'm not oh no no you made a very valid point no, i, I mean, think like that that's what the mermaids and the sirens would do they would harmonize on the frequency that mm-hmm. sailors would pick up or that men would pick up or whatever. I I, I I say men because I think sirens targeted men, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but the mermaids, I know uh, they harmonized on the frequency that the sailors would pick up. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I never, I never linked those two together. You made a very valid point. Uh, that's why they're called sirens on Police cars, ambulances, fire mm-hmm. trucks, and all that, uh, and that's why dogs howl. It's on their frequency, and uh, I, I guess it vibrates in their ears and causes them to howl and mimic the sound, and that's why they howl. Maybe, um, yeah. But and no, I, that that's very interesting. It's interesting, and and because I live in you know downtown Atlanta, I have a lot of those sirens going by. And there's a lot of dogs around me too. And I'm just like, I, I see a pattern there. So I, I thought it was good to bring up that point about the, yeah, the, like what you said, the frequency, Chris, um, and uh, the see, dog, my, my dog's useless. She don't howl at shit. I would love to hear her howl. I bet it would be so fucking cute. Like her bark is cute as fuck, but she won't howl for shit. No, but, but if, 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 <laughs> sorry, good. 
if a fire if a fire truck went by, I bet she'd howl. I bet she. No, nope. just don't no, howl. I mean, we we get a fuck ton of sirens around here. Uh, okay, she she could just give two shits less. She, I mean, she is my dog. Uh, whatever's going on, it's like, ah, eh, fuck it, it doesn't concern <laughs> me. Uh, I mean, she is my dog. Yeah, so I can't go. I mean, I can sit here and howl for two fucking hours until I'm hoarse. She does not care. She, she just look care. at me like, is something wrong with you? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, I'm not agreeing that there's something <laughs> wrong with you, but yeah, my neighbors' dogs, all of them are they they all get into unison as a as a group when they hear the the fire trucks go by. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, it. it's it's adorable. It's cute. You know. It's kind of fun yeah. to howl at the dog, you know, like I'll do that with Dudley. Like if I leave, he hates being left alone. I'll leave him in the car if I go pop in somewhere. And I, I actually really try not to do it anymore because he gets so stressed out. But I'll come back and he starts going, oh, and he starts howling. And then we, I start howling. We were just going, oh, and I'm sure people are looking at me in the in the parking lot and being like, what the shit? Yeah, but, but so many. The dog, it's like a primal thing that you, <laughs> it's yeah, nice. So, so, feeling. It, yeah. If you find out your dog is a howler, I mean, like. You have fun with it, kind of like finding out your partner is a screamer. Now uh, you have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But, oh, but actually, uh, you know what's but... really interesting though? Before I before we go on, um, sorry, that was funny. That was hilarious. So, like in 1891, the siren, and it was capable of be, be producing loud noises even underwater. And then mm-hmm. that's why they called it the, the siren, a siren because of the Greek mythology. Um, before that, they used to have bells um, before they pr- invented the siren. So, Jeannie, uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's what happened. It was completely based on that and the fact that the lapses could be heard underwater. Yeah, because fire trucks, fire trucks even used to have bells instead of yeah. sirens that yeah. they would ding going down the road instead of a... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's great that's wow that's great research right there because yeah that's i mean hey it's interesting like going back to the episode of i know i'm sorry i'm getting off track but, but yeah so going back to the podcast the es the esp podcast with animals it's, it's interesting that you know i'm like that siren going by and the dogs synchronizing themselves that was very mm-hmm. interesting and, and i'm that's Lisa, that was awesome that you were able to figure out, like, that's where the, the name Siren came from. Yeah. yeah that's very cool. It's just thinking it, about the etymology of words, like, you know, if you go origin. back and you see, yeah, exactly, the origin of words. And then you can kind of see, and all this folklore and stuff is wrapped up in these words. And it is really fascinating. I love linguistics and how language evolves. Uh, I do, too. We'll maybe do that, do a pod on that afterwards. But um, do you know well, what I was we, thinking? We, we do have a communication podcast coming up for anyone listening. Uh, we are going to be discussing uh, communication. Um, that's going to be a very fascinating topic. But anyway, we'll Lisa, do that go ahead. A, we'll do that as a joint topic. But hey, guys, I was thinking, um, you know, I know this is going to be we're doing folklore and then we're doing urban legends, but... Um, what what say we make this uh part one and then part two we'll we'll uh we'll do urban legends so that sounds good to me uh let's uh go ahead and call this ends for this podcast thanks everybody for joining um we're gonna be uh contributing bonus material because we also have urban legends which is coming up next so uh uh please uh 
subscribe to us and uh we hope you enjoy all right and what's going to be your topic uh for next week Jeannie g I'm going to go into um, ghost stories or haunting, like both, like it's hauntings and ghost stories, um, personal experiences, as well as, you know, uh, talking about other things that have happened, um, you know, like in hauntings and other places, you know, places that have been haunted for um, when there was a lot of murder. I don't mean to sound disturbing, but it's like, uh, there's so I'm gonna go into some stories about uh, where there's a lot of there's we talked about this earlier like where some mediums can like some uh, energies stick with us um, mm. and I think that some of those energies are in this world with us as well like uh, and I don't necessarily have to be a healer or a medium to feel that but I have had my own personal experiences with with a ghost so i'm just going to talk about that yeah okay i think that that sounds awesome and i think that's something we can all relate to and like you don't you don't don't even have to be a medium um you just have to be touched if that makes sense yeah okay you you got to have the gift like a lot of people they're just so narrow and closed-minded um that they're oblivious to the goings on around them um but if you have the gift uh whether or not you tap into that that luxury or curse however you want to look at it um like we we all have that that persona where like even the ones that don't acknowledge it uh but can still fill it around them uh yeah, where like you've got the people like us that uh we acknowledge it's around us yeah I, I think i'm not gonna a spoil good topic. oh sorry lisa i'm not gonna spoil it but i I've, i have a series of events that don't even involve me like what one of them involves me but then there's a series of events that involves other people um that I, I was living uh, an art school in the dormitory, and it uh, so I, there's a lot of interesting things to talk about. It's very weird. It's, it's so weird. And, and uh, what was you going to say, Lisa? I was just going to say that sounds like a great topic. I look forward to researching it. Well, I actually feel like I don't have to research. So I, much I was about right. to say the same thing. It's like um, I really don't think I'm going to have to research anything. I'm yep. just going to bring personal experience into yep. this one. Wow. Yeah. See. I know, like I, I thought I was crazy for a little bit there, but I don't think I am. Like I think that we have some sort yeah. of connection. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is a worldly experience, so this this will be a very like this we've been aiming for to have the the, the experience conversation where it's all relatable, where we can just communicate without having to bring in outside sources. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, th- if anybody out there has topic. anything to contribute on that topic, um, please send us in your voice notes. Uh, you could do that. Uh, we will have a link um, in the show notes where you can click on that and uh, leave us a voice note. If you want to just email us, let us know your thoughts, or uh, send in a voice note through our email address. It's this, that, and the other, lcj at gmail.com. 
And uh, please feel free to uh, give us a review. Give us some stars on any of your podcasts that you listen to on iTunes or uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So um, I guess that's it. Uh, We can see you in the next episode. And if anyone out there uh, cares to contribute, uh, link to us uh, any any form of uh, paranormal experiences you've experienced. We will gladly bring them into our topic. Um, we would love to hear about something uh, freaky or uh, uh, relatable. So, uh, yeah, feel free to share with us. Well, okay yes guys all right so yeah we're gonna talk about this next week and i'm getting excited about halloween so this is fun i'm really excited all right well everybody peace out and have a spooky fucking month (laughs) for sure all right see you next week